morning on a really exciting topic, one that I think is the most exciting topic in the world, tithing. And what's going to happen is, do you see how quiet it just got? I love you so much. I love you, church. Say, I love you, Pastor Doug. Thank you. Okay, are y'all happy today? Are y'all happy today? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk on tithing for the next few minutes. But what I have to do is what I normally do. Um, I, I have to be very transparent, okay? Really, really open. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be vulnerable, right, to, to a degree here. So I'm just going to tell you things that when you study for a message on giving, you typically will sit down and you'll go, oh, you read the verses and you're praying and God's speaking to you. You go, maybe I shouldn't say that. I should say that. Maybe I shouldn't say, maybe, maybe not. And you kind of go through, but this morning I feel so good and I love you so much. Just give me permission to just tell you what I believe God is saying. Can, can you do that? Can I have permission this morning? Yeah, I want to have permission. And you know, I went through, it's so funny. I went through, I did all my study, did my work, uh, got my notes together. And then I went and I listened to like 15 or 20 guys, other messages on, on tithing. And it's so funny. Everybody you could ever think of, I listened to their message on tithing. And it's so funny because they all had the same look in their eye that I had this morning when I got out of bed. Amen. It was like, here we go. Here we go. And the reason why it is so difficult to speak about money is because it's money. There's a revelation for you. Money is what drives our life. Money is what drives the kingdom. Money is what we go to work for every single day. Money is something that we can't escape from. It cost you money to get here this morning, right? So there, there's something very real about this topic, something very important about this topic. There's a reason why Jesus talked about money more than any subject in the New Testament. I went through the words, actually I have them here. I went through those words last week, the major words in scripture, and I gave you four or five. I don't remember where they are, but it was like the, the word giving uh, was spoken about 2,000, here it is, 2,152 times. Giving was talked about 2,152 times. Believing or prayer was only talked about 371. Love was only talked about 714, but giving was talked about 2,150 so times in Scripture because, because it's always a reflection of the heart. Money is something that is so real to us, and giving and generosity is so real that Jesus came down and he said, look, I'm going to blow up everything you've ever thought of when it comes to giving, and I'm going to actually sacrifice my son on the altar. Let's start there. And Jesus just kind of, he just kind of pushes all the philosophy out of the way. And he goes, he goes, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to go to heaven and, and if we're going to talk about generosity, let's forget your pocketbook. I'm going to take my son, my flesh and blood. And I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you stick a spear in his side and shove thorns on his head. I'm going to let you beat him and drag him through the streets. I'm going to let you put nails in his hands. I'm going to let you put nails into his feet and hang him up between two thieves. I'm going to let you do that to my son. He could have gotten off that cross at any time he wanted to get off the cross. He did not have to, to stay there. And at one point in his humanity, his full, his full divinity, but in his humanity, he said, Jesus, he said, God, God, if you want, you can let this cup pass before me. That's the, the humanity. Nevertheless, let your will be done, not my own. That's, that's how he lived. So we have to talk about money. Last week, we talked about transformational giving. If you haven't heard the message, get on iTunes, search us, and listen to that because it's the foundation to this. Transformational giving would, would be things like this. This is why it's important. 
And I mentioned this. But in our society, about 50% of marriages today still end in divorce. And I'm, I'm just believing, I just believe that in the, the church, it's not that high, but it's higher than you think. It's actually higher than it should be. It, it really is. So here's, here's the point, if that if money is the number one reason why people divorce in their marriage, it's why they argue, it's why they fight. If the church cares about marriage, then we also have to care about money. Because we, we talk about finance, we talk about marriage, we talk about parenting and all this stuff. But if the number one reason why marriages are exploding is over money and the church doesn't talk about money, then they really don't care about marriage. So money is incredibly important. The other thing that is just reality that we can't escape is that whenever someone preaches on money, the congregation gets really quiet. And so here I am once again feeling the revelation of the truth of that statistic. So I want to give you all permission to to laugh and to say amen and to clap, like even if you don't mean it. Like this is the only time I'm giving you permission to lie in church. But wait a minute, because it hurts. To, I got to gotta work it out. Just lie to me and clap and say, but, but here, here's what I want to do today. I've probably had 25 to 35 conversations in the last year about giving and tithing. There's all kinds of stats that I could tell you. I've read them all. Many of you have as well. And many of you church folk have been in church a long time. You're givers, you're tithers. I want to just say once again to all of you who have given one penny to this church, for the vision that God, God has given us, I want to say thank you. And we're going to talk about how giving is under grace for the next couple of minutes. But, but what, I, what I want you to do today is I want you to, to receive the message in the spirit that I'm bringing it to you. The spirit that I'm bringing it to you is this, is that I really believe in my heart, in, in the core and in the soul of who I am, I believe, Doug Lassett believes that giving transforms people. It doesn't just build programs. It doesn't just paint walls. Giving transforms people because it is a spiritual act that comes from God. Now, I could tell you the stats. I could tell you, I could say Christians spend more money on dog food every year than they give to the church. And you say that, people go, oh, they do? Yeah, until you have a dog and you're like, don't touch my dog. I mean, Denver has 271 dog parks. We have more dog parks than any city in America. And you know what? Our, dog par- our dogs are healthy. Do you know why our dogs are healthy compared to Portland? Portland has a bunch of fat, unhealthy dogs. Do you know why? It's because they don't have sunshine and they don't have 270. It's just an observation you make when you come from Portland. All the dogs in Portland are fat. And then you come to Colorado, and they all look like they can run a marathon and chase a rabbit. And you're like, wow, look at all the healthy dogs. It's like I can say, we give more money to dog food than we do the mission field. And just all finally, oh, don't touch my dog. Like, it's a great message, Pastor, but if you think I'm not going to feed my dog, I'm not telling you to not feed your dog. But what I am telling you is let's, let's be real for a few minutes. Every pastor that I listened to this last week, honestly, maybe 15 different messages, they all stumbled through the messages. They all struggled through the messages. And I'm talking guys that you've listened to a thousand times on your podcast. They all make the same jokes. The only way I know how to do this is just to say to you, I'm I'm bringing it to you. I believe that giving changes lives. I believe that tithing is biblical. I think giving is biblical. I think that, that 
generosity is what drives the kingdom of God. I believe that the church has a responsibility to teach and to preach on money. I believe that it was the thing that Jesus talked about the most in the New Testament because it comes back to the heart. I believe to not deal with it and to not talk about it is a, is a, is a, is a, um, is a miss of my personal responsibility as a shepherd, not to a group of people who chill and hang out. This is my community. You're my family. We're a part of a community. We just didn't show up here because we had nothing else to do. We're here worshiping Jesus together. I have a responsibility to be able to say to you, this is what I believe is biblical. I'm not going to give you my philosophy because my philosophy would be like, the Bible says in Douglas 3.1, once a week drop off a Starbucks gift card at the church. Because in the Bible... You need, to, you need to take care of the past. I'm going I'm to I'm tell you what I believe biblically right now. And for some of you here, and if I just go by the statistics, just statistics, if I just go by the statistics, that means that 97.5% of you, of us, our community, just the stats, because we're actually much higher than this. But if I go by the stats, 97.5% of us don't do what I'm about to, to preach. Not 9%, not 19%, 97.5% don't do what I'm about to preach if I went by the stats. Now, I want you to just feel the quietness. <laughs> because, you know, it's... it's uh, we're, we're way higher than that. But, but what I want you to understand is that, that across the board, only maybe 2.5% of Christians tithe. And tithing became, it became trendy for a while to preach against tithing, but now the body of Christ is balanced out like it always does. When something be- becomes trendy, <clears throat> people run with it. And then once they're bored with it, they go find something else to be trendy about. Not tithing was trendy for a while, but now biblically and theologically. And I'm grateful for some of the great voices in our country. Some of the great teachers in our country who have brought good biblical solid teaching to this subject in the last five to seven years. Because we're watching the body of Christ. Now listen to this. We're watching the body of Christ begin to grow in their maturity. Because today, today is not a milk message. It's not like, hey, you know, there's milk and there's meat, like the Bible says. This is not a milk message. This is a meat. This is a mature believer message this morning. Because we're all on a journey. So there's no condemnation. I'll show you. But, but we're on a journey to a truth, okay? And I'm grateful that it's, that it's been balanced out. So the way that I'm going to do it is I am going to, I'm going to answer some questions. I'm just going to answer the questions that I've been asked. As opposed to saying, here's what I believe, here's what I think. I want to answer the questions that I've been asked about giving. And in the last six months, I've been asked most of these questions five to eight times, each one of these. So we're just going to start down the list, okay? Can we do that? Can we get on the list? So what I want you to know, it's not me, it's the Bible, all right? So I'm going to answer from the Bible. It's not me, it's Scripture. That's really important. So here we go. Number one, what's the driving force behind giving? Giving is a heart issue period. For where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. So whatever you love, you're going to give to. Whatever you love, you're going to be passionate about. Whatever you love is going to have a a primary place in your heart and in your life. 
If you have a family, your family takes a prominent place in your life. The mistake that we make with this verse is this. Is that we say, we say for where, you go, where, where your heart is, your treasure will be there. And we make that the church. We make that a local church. And I think that in turn, it, it is. Like you see that all the way through the New Testament. But here's the problem. The problem is that for where your heart is, your heart does not belong to the church. Your heart belongs to Jesus. Your heart belongs to Christ, not the building or even the pastor. It belongs to Jesus. And so if your heart, if Jesus has your heart, then what you do, you do for Jesus. You don't, be, you don't do it because we, we have an offering. The more mature way to live is to give because it's biblical and it's God's will than regardless of what church you go to. I would give if I wasn't the pastor. I would give no matter what church I went to. And if I didn't, if I didn't have a church, I would save all that money until I did have a church and I would give it to that church. I actually was preaching one day early, early on. If you don't know the story, we did have our, um, all, everything we owned was stolen once. We lost everything. About $175,000 worth of gear out of a trailer and the trailer. It took the whole thing. We had nothing. We needed some money. And uh, I remember one time a guy walks in and uh, <clears throat> I noticed him because we were much smaller than the entire church was probably about the size of just this section right over here. And I can see them, right? And, 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 I, I, can, and I know he's a visitor because I know everybody. At the end of the service, I did an altar call. He comes up at the end, and he walks up to me just with confidence. He walks right up, and he goes, can I talk to you, Pastor? I said, absolutely. What's your name? And I actually don't remember his name now. Um, he, said, uh, he says, I have something for you. And he pulls out his, his checkbook, and he writes me a $10,000 check. And he hands me the check. And I look down at the check in a time of need in the church, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to mess up this miracle, right? I'm thinking, keep your mouth shut. Hold your hand out, shut your mouth. Don't mess up the miracle, because we mess up the miracles. And so I take the check, and I said, wow, uh, what's, what's this for? He goes, well, it's my first time here today. And he goes, look, I'm, I'm between jobs. I'm being transferred to the East Coast. He goes, we know you. We've heard of you from youth ministry, all this stuff. He goes, he goes, uh, we're going, I'm taking a new job. I have, it's been like eight months in this transition and we haven't had a local church. And he said, I don't even know where we're going to ch- go to church. He said, but we, we put our, our tithe aside every month. He goes, regardless, even though we don't have a church, because here, here's the thing, the tithe doesn't belong to the, to the church. It belongs to God. And then he says, and I, I just, he goes, we're here today. We heard from Jesus. We're supposed to give you our tithe that we've been saved because we don't have a house. I want to give you the tithe. He goes, because honestly, it's sitting in my bank account. And he says, I'm so tempted to spend it. He said, will you help me to just not be tempted to spend God's money? And can I give it to you? And I said, I said, I believe I can help you with that. I said, I said, I said, out of God's love, I will take your money. And, and the funny part is that we, we needed that money. The church needed that money, and we needed it that day. I, I wish I could go through, because I can't. But how many times the church, it's a house, the church has needed money, and on that day the money shows up through you, through people who 
get blessed and get a bonus or money shows up someplace you didn't, and, you, and you tithe and you give to, I mean, I get, I'm just telling you, it showed up that day. You know, I don't remember his name. I don't remember where he came from. I don't know where he went and I've never seen him since. But I'm so glad that as a church that we're doing everything we can do to be faithful and to have good stewardship because faithful with little, faithful with if, if we don't, as a, as a body, if Christians don't believe that, we are already in trouble. You know, I could go through all the stats of all the missionaries around the world and how long it would take us to reach all the people left on the earth. How many churches that we could plant. It's literally hundreds of thousands of churches that we could plant this Sunday if 100% of the church tithe, not our church, but the church, if the church just tithe, we could plant something like 1.1 million churches in the next few years and reach the whole world. Because the internet, your study, your Bible college, your seminary, they will give you all the statistics in the world, but all the statistics in the world don't mean anything unless our heart is touched. Where your treasure is, there your heart is, is found there. Our treasure is Jesus. Our treasure, our heart belongs to Jesus. And it, and it just begins to break us down. And it begins to change us. And, and, and we, we change. And, and I, I was saving the stat for later. But, but just with tithing alone, there was a study done about a year and a half ago. First one of its kind inside the church. And I think that they, they interviewed 1,400 families from different demographics. And then they interviewed some, some other people. But the point is, is there a difference spiritually and financially between people who tithe and people who do not tithe? And this is what people don't like. People don't like to talk about the tithe and then call it spiritual because as soon as it's spiritual, I have this responsibility. But I want you to hear this because I'll do this now instead of later just for time's sake. But they did a study and of people who tithed, the statistics show that they live radically different lives in every single category. 80% of people who tithe, Christians, have no unpaid credit cards. No unpaid bills. 74% don't owe anything. They've paid off all of their cars. 48%, because this is so radically different than the rest of the, the, rest of the world, 48% of them own their own homes, but 28% of them are completely debt-free, including their mortgage. So if you could imagine that there's something, and then when you flip it over and you look at the stats, you go, oh, it's all stats. No, I believe there is something dynamically spiritual and biblical about having faith in God, that God might know more about money than we do. All right, so let's go through the questions. Number one, I already said it. What's the driving force? It's the heart. It's, it's, it's a heart issue. So if we don't give and we don't tithe, I really believe, because I'll talk about the tithe specifically in a second. But if we, I think we need to take it to him as a heart thing. You know, we pray for breakthrough in our marriage. We pray for breakthrough in this and breakthrough in that. And we pray for breakthrough with our children and breakthrough with our grandchildren. We pray, we pray that our car makes it home today. It's such a piece of junk. Lord, I pray, heal my car on the way home. I, you know what's funny? I want to know the truth. How many of you ever, have ever prayed that God gets you home in your car? If God can do that, oh my goodness. Think of what he can do. If we just sowed, okay, so 
But we don't get up in the morning and say, Jesus, do the, do the 97.5% get up in the morning and go, Jesus, you talked about money in the Bible more than any other subject. God, give me a breakthrough in understanding what it means. Lord, give me a breakthrough. Everyone say, give me a breakthrough. Say it again. Say, Jesus, give me a breakthrough. I mean, I think that, I think that we should move move that prayer up the list. We care about marriages. We care about money. I could. So number one, what's the driving force behind it? It's a heart thing. It's grace. Number two, is the tithe under the law or under grace? Well, it's under, the, it's under grace. It's under grace. We all know that. It was really trendy for a while for people to say, I don't believe in the tithe because if you, if you tithe, you're under the law. You're not under the law. Nothing's under the law. Everything in the law was fulfilled in Jesus. So no matter what you bring up, it's under grace. But people don't remember the law. You know, most people don't read the law. They don't even know what's in the law. Tithing's under, you know what else is in the law? Mercy. Righteousness. There are things that are listed under the law that people don't want to talk about because then it doesn't let them escape anything. You say the mercy? Yeah, mercy is under the law. You have to show mercy. But under Christ, we not only give, but we also show mercy because he's the fulfillment of the law itself. So grace fuels everything. You don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. You don't have to give money to go to heaven. You don't even have to go to church to go to heaven. Did you know that you don't have to do anything to go to heaven? You can be just like the thief on the cross who's up between two thieves. And you can just say, Jesus, I'm last second, sliding into home plate. Let's go. But that is not how we were called to live our life. You don't get to change anybody. You don't get to touch anyone's life. You don't get to experience the community or the church. You don't know what it's like to have miracles flowing through you because you actually don't believe them because you got all your money in your back pocket and when the bucket goes by, you just pass it as fast as you can. You see the kiosk out there and you just, you just, you just go old generation. I don't even know what that is. I'd have to have my grandkids help me with that. So I can't get, you, there, there's like, it's like we have this mentality, this, this crazy thought that it's about the law. Biblically, the tithe was given 400 years before the law. It's not under law, it supersedes the law. Because the first guy to ever give a tithe, he didn't do it because of the law, because the law was four, still, it hadn't been written for 400 years. The first guy to give a tithe did it because God showed up and he goes, I love you so much. I'm just going to give you things, God. Here it is, 10% of everything because I love you. It started as a heart issue and it will always be a heart issue. For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith, Ephesians 2. And this is not from yourselves. It's a gift from God, not by works so that nobody could boast. So it's all under grace. Number three, tell me, Pastor Duck, did Jesus abolish or support the tithe? Now, I love this one because people like to say, you know, Jesus, if Jesus didn't talk about it a lot, we probably shouldn't do it. I have literally had people say to me, 
Jesus only talked about that a little bit. And so what we should do is only give it a little bit of our focus. That's why people, now, now stay with me, that's, this is how ridiculous that is. That's why people in some churches don't have instruments. Did you know that? Because they read the New Testament and it doesn't say drums anywhere. So those are of the devil. Drums are of the devil. If you follow that line of thinking, then giving is of the devil. I mean, I, I, not to kick it, you know, not to just, I, I go to church, there's, there's no instruments anywhere. I'm like, have you read the Psalms? That's in the Old Testament. We're New Testament. I go, well, but Jesus was in the Old Testament. Do you know who Melchizedek was? No. He was Jesus, and he took the first tithe. Is Jesus in the New Testament? Yeah. So he took a tithe in the Old Testament. He also took some tithes in the New Testament. Did you know? People, people, so here's what we do. I want to show you a verse, and I think this is, this is an important verse, and I, I have several, but I want to give you Matthew 23. This is what we call, and I've heard this many times now, the 23-23 principle. Because Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. He's, he didn't bring the law. He fulfills the law, so everything's under grace. But he didn't, he didn't reject the tithe. He just said, tithe, but your heart has to be right because it's a heart issue. Look what he says. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Now, what is a hypocrite? In this context, the hypocrite is somebody who is giving, but not for the right reason. You're giving, but not because of God, because you love God. You're giving to make yourself look better. That's what that hypocrite means. You've given a tenth of your spice, a tenth of your mint, a tenth of your dill, and a tenth of your cumin. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law. Wait a minute, the law? You mean, you mean grace? You mean the New Testament? No, no, no. I mean, you've, you've neglected things that were in the law. Like what? Justice. You tell me justice was in the law? Yes. Mercy. No, no, mercy's not in the law. No, just tithe is in the law. Just the tithe. No, mercy was in the law. Faithfulness was in the law. So here's the problem. If we were to try to fulfill everything in our lives that was in the law, we wouldn't make it. That's why Christ came. That's why Christ did what he did, because he knew we were going to fail. But he said, it's all in the law, and therefore it's all in me. He said, you've neglected the important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. What are you talking about? Then he says, you know what? You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You should have tithed, but you should have done it with a good heart. Your heart should have been right for the widow, for the orphan, and for justice. And too many churches, now on the flip side, there's too many churches, they love to preach about the tithe. I've only done two messages specifically on the tithe in seven years. I've talked about giving. Some churches just talk about the tithe, the tithe, the tithe. Do you know why? It's because they're not paying their bills. And the reason why they're not paying their bills is because they're not pouring themselves out into the lives and the heart to see people's tra lives transformed because people give to lives. They don't give to bills. Okay, now that one went way, way. Some of you, that just knocked you out. People give to people, not to programs. The people 
The grace is about the giving, but it's about the people. People preach about tithe all the time because they can't pay their bills and they want everybody to step up to the plate. You got to tithe. Matter of fact, old school, if you're an old school person, you used to go to church and in your church bulletin, and I just was in a church like this, in your church bulletin, it would say, we're going to have a spaghetti dinner. Some of you went to a lot of spaghetti dinners. We're going to, we're going to do a, we're going to do a, we're going to do a potluck. It's going to be great. And then down at the bottom of the page, every single week, every single week, 52 weeks a year and on Christmas, it would say last week's offering. Last week's offering was $395.25. We really need $700 a week to, to, to survive. Boy, that makes me want to give. People give because lives are being changed. Oh my, are you with me this morning? Do you hear what I'm trying to say? People give for because of people, not because of the law. They give because of grace, not because of the law. They give because of transformation, not because of the law. I don't want you to give. If you don't want to give, that's between you and Jesus. But let's at least acknowledge that Jesus said, hey, I have a way that I want to do this. And if you're going to reach people, don't do it because, because you know, we're going to have a spaghetti dinner. We've got to pay for the noodles. Do it because... Do it because this next 12 months, we're believing for 100 people in the fall, 100 people in the spring, and 100 people to, to, no, hold on, not for attendance, but because people's lives are going to be changed. All you people, all you people who are new in the church, I love you, but you don't give anything. And I don't want you to. I want you to be on a journey. Go to a church planting class. They'll tell you, people don't give for the first two years. You know what I do? I get up in the morning and I go, Jesus, let us be the statistic crusher. (laughs) But if you don't give, that's between you and Jesus. Can you imagine? I I promise you, when you get it, when you catch it, it's going to change everything that you do. It's going to change how you live. But I'm not telling you to catch it today. Because... I'm I'm telling you, because we have a mission from God to see people's lives transformed. And then churches begin to buy into the cultural thing and live the way the culture does. And and, and churches don't want to have stewardship and churches want to put everything. Listen, I'm telling you that if it's about people, it all works out. So did he abolish the tithe? No, he did not. He said tithe, but make sure you do the other stuff as well. Because the heart, I can, I can, I can see him whether or not you're a hypocrite or not. Because you mint, tithe, money, and over, but there's nothing over here. Ultimately, this leads to hypocrisy. And so we have to bring, bring a balance. Number four. Do I tithe on the gross or the net? Are we okay? Can I, fin- can I finish this? I know we're done. Can I finish this? Okay, do we tithe on the gross or the net? Tithe is based on the total earnings or gross, not of what is left. When you go to buy a house and the mortgage person, there's mortgage people in our church, they say to you, how much do you make every year? I go, well, I make 75, 85, 100, whatever, 1,000. Oh, okay, good. When you go to buy a car, they say, how much do you earn? They say, I make 85,000 a year, 75,000 a year, 50,000 a year. Okay. The only time that we forget how much we make is when we go to church. 
How much do you make? Well, you mean how much do I actually get to spend? Well, there's 7% federal and 7% state, and then I got my coffee budget, and then, you know, Uncle, Uncle, Uncle Jimmy needs a new pair of dentures, and, and, and we're going we're gonna to work our, I make 20000 a year. Oh, okay, all right. The only time I, I don't know what else to do except just to let it sit there in silence. The only time that we forget what we make is in church. That's it. Okay, here's this. Look at a couple of verses. Malachi three ten. You know this one. Bring the whole tithe. Everyone say the whole tithe. Bring the whole tithe. Say the whole tithe. See, that's what your that's what your mortgage person would say. That's what the car people say. How much do you make? Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there's going to be food in my house. Why? For people. And you can test me in this, and if you've never read this, this is the only place in all of Scripture where God gives his people permission to test him. God says, I've been testing you a lot. If you're going to test, just test me on this one. Because if you do, I'm going to open up the floodgates of heaven. You know what a floodgate is, right? We have lots of them in Colorado. Reservoir, dam, river, floodgate. When you're dry, when, you're, when, the, when, the, when Colorado needs water, when the farmers can't plant and have a harvest, when the irrigation is low, they open up the floodgates. Because there's enough here to supply all of your needs according to the riches in Christ Jesus. But the floodgate is our obedience. It's our obedience. See, we, we, want, we want to control the floodgate. We want God to fill the reservoir. We want to have a harvest in the field. But we want to be in charge of the floodgate. So that I can open it whenever I want it. Open, 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 open. Some people, and I, and I get this. This is so smart of you. This is so smart. People have vacation funds. But they actually have their vacation funds now automatically taken out of their paycheck. Direct deposit. So you can go to your bank and you can say, Bank, I want to have a vacation fund. Direct deposit. And so they will direct deposit their vacation fund 12 months a year so that when they get there, there is food in the storehouse. They want to control the floodgate. But when it comes to the only time that we forget, I just want you to know we have direct deposit too. Malachi chapter 1. Watch this. People read Malachi 3 and 4, but they don't read chapter 1. Because they don't like chapter 1. Here's chapter 1. Isn't it true that a son honors... Now, I want to stop here. I'm almost done. The word honor in, in Scripture... 99% of the time, the word honor does not have anything to do with words. Nothing. It has nothing to do with honoring someone for who they are. Bree, you're an incredible worship leader. I honor you for all you've done. That's not what the Bible means. The Bible, the word honor means money. That's what it means. It means money. Now, there's another aspect to that, too. Once in a while, you know, know, honor, honor. But it means money. Watch. 
Isn't it true that a son honors his father and a worker honors his master? You've got both kinds of honor right there. When it, the, the word that means honor for the father is money. The word that means honor to the master means show up for work. So if I'm your father, where's the honor? Now watch where this goes. If I'm your master, where's the respect? The God of angel armies is calling you on the carpet for this because you priests, remember the hypocrites? You priests despise me. You say, not so. How do we despise you, O Lord? By your shoddy and sloppy, defiling worship. Now watch what he does. He's walking them into a trap. Watch this. By your shoddy worship, you ask, oh, what do you mean? My defiling worship. What it, what, what's defiling about? What do you mean? Well, when you say the altar of God is not important anymore. You worship, worship of God is no longer a priority. Everyone say priority. I think that's defiling. And when you offer worthless animals in the house, animals that you're trying to get rid of, See a picture of this. You got, you got this rancher guy. Back then, worship, I mean, you, you brought the lamb. You don't bring the best lamb, the spotless lamb. Oh, Father. I did the incarnation last year. Remember the word tetelestai that Jesus spoke when he went to heaven? It was a word that a, that a shepherd would yell out loud when he found a spotless lamb worthy of sacrifice. They would walk through the herd and look for the best lamb. And when they found it, the, the shepherd would yell, Tetelestai! It's what Jesus, it's the last word that Jesus said before the Bible says he gave up his spirit. He said, I am the spotless lamb. It is finished. It's done. I found it. An animal that you're trying to get rid of, you bring me the blind ones, the sick ones, the crippled ones. That's defiling. Now look what it says. Try a trick like that with your banker. That's your mortgage. Or your senator. That's your taxes. Try that trick with your mortgage. Try that trick with your, with your taxes. Let me tell you what tithing on the net is. Brace yourself. Everyone say a big, huge Bible word. Say love. Think, I just need it. Okay, here we go. Tithing off the net is giving to God after you honor the federal government, honor the state government, honor the water bill, honor the moral project, honor the electric bill, honor the retirement portfolio, honor a relative who needs your help, honor a vacation fund, or honoring a clothing budget. Tithing off of the net, the only time that happens in anywhere in all of our culture is with Christians and church. Try that with your bank. No, this is not me. This is not me. This is, this is the word. So blame, blame the word. Malachi 3, bring the whole tithe into the house. Leviticus 27, the tithe is holy unto the Lord and should remain with him. Matthew 20, verse 21, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but make sure you give to God what is God's. And so the tithe, there's nothing that I can do to convince people that, that God's way of doing things work, but I know this. I know that God gave his son and was generous with us. I know that he has a, a way of handling money in the kingdom. 
And I also know that tithing does something transformational in us because it, it, it brings us into a recognition that all that we have is God's because we are owners of nothing and we are stewards of everything. We're stewards. So I believe in the tithe. I believe in giving far above that. And I'll just, the transparency, my wife and I have never given that little. And we've never made that much. When we made $900 a month full-time, $600 a month full-time, we, we, we never, we just poured out because we saw, we, we give to Jesus who saved me. You know what? I'm all out of words today. I just want you to have a revelation. If that takes a year, two years, three years, that's fine. You're on a journey. But I believe that God has a plan. And that plan is to transform us. And I know that giving is the mark of a transformed Christian. Can I hear an amen? Thank you for giving me all that time. And thank you for clapping for me. Tasha thinks I'm, Tasha thinks I'm crazy. I said, thank you for clapping for me. Tasha just goes... All right, let's end. Stand to your feet. All right. We're going to end where we started. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes, please. Jesus, I thank you for every person that's here. I thank you for the goodness and the grace of God. I thank you, Jesus, that you transformed our heart, that you gave your son. And Lord, we're just going to go back to the first generous act that ever happened in the world. And it was Jesus. It was Jesus who became the fulfillment of every single part of the law so that we could live under grace. It's also Jesus who took all of our sins on him and just wiped wiped the slate clean for us so we could go to heaven. Lord, we love you today. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Anyone in this room, as I close right now, anyone in this room and your relationship with God is not where you know it should be, Or maybe you're feeling for the first time to really give a commitment to Christ today. But you know who you are. You know you're walking away. You're walking back. You know it's been a struggle with God. If that's you, heads bowed, eyes closed. Lift your hand quickly right now. Shoot that hand up. Let me see you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you, sir. Thank you, young man. Keep those hands up just for a minute. Father, I thank you for every hand that's lifted, every person that's here. And Jesus, I pray that you would dive into their heart, that you would explode into their spirit. I pray that you would open the floodgates of grace and just overwhelm them, Jesus. Pour out over them, God. Let their lives be radically transformed today. We give you everything and we love you for what we've done. Church, pray this. Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive the wonderful grace of God and I will give back as a, as a statement, as a truth from my heart, I give you my heart today. I give it back to you. You gave me your life. I give you my heart in Jesus' name. Now go ahead and tell Jesus you love him one more time. Let's close with a song.